The beginning of evolution is the end of time and space. The beginning of every end is the end to every place. The story of human evolution is the story of bones. Today's episode of History Obscura has been presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you and me to monetize our podcasts. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so we always know how much we're going to get when we include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. Tell them History Obscura sent you. Hello and welcome to History Obscura. I am your fierce and faceless host, Mandy Gardner. Come and see me if there are any artifacts or books you'd like a closer look at during your tour. Don't mind the smudges. A few centuries of tea rings and biscuit crumbs do the old vellum good, I always say. Well then, for those of you here for your bedtime story, have a seat and a little bite to eat. Once upon a time, some three million years ago, in the northeastern part of Africa, there was a young lady. She was probably nameless, but today you would call her Lucy. The region in which Lucy lived her life was newly dry, boasting grassy plains instead of the tropical trees it used to. Unlike her ancestors, Lucy walked along the grass on two feet and ate several types of plant in addition to traditional diet of fruit. She was probably one of the first bipedal creatures to eat flesh, which she scraped from animal bones with stones and sticks. Lucy was not a normal human. In fact, she was not technically human at all. At about the age of 15, Lucy had a fully developed brain, wisdom teeth sporting some wear, and was in all relevant aspects an adult. She lived with a small community of a few dozen, where the women stood at around the same height, that is, three feet seven inches tall. The males of her family were generally about 4 feet 11 inches in height, and all of them had darkly pigmented skin. That's really all anybody knows about Lucy, except that one far-gone evening in the savannah, she took to the refuge of a tall tree beside a shallow river. There, she nestled instinctively some 15 meters from the ground, safe from predators. Did she nestle into a tree every evening, or only when danger lurked nearby? Well, I don't know. 
that's a mystery yet to be solved. What does remain clear, however, is that Lucy fell out of her tree at some point that night. She fell towards the ground at 56 kilometers an hour and was conscious enough to land feet first, then reach out with her hands to try to break the fall. When her little feet hit the ground, it was with such force that she fractured her ankles, knees, one hip, and a shoulder. As bones snapped out of place, vital organs were pierced and smashed with great force. It was an unfortunate accident that may have happened due to the awkward structuring of Lucy's back, neck, and hips, which were ideal for two-legged walking, not stealthy tree climbing. Upon impact, Lucy twisted to her right, tilting her head and breaking her neck. It was the last time she would ever lose consciousness. There at the foot of that tree. Bleeding, the stream carried her downstream until she stuck in the sediment and found her final resting place. Her body stayed there, decomposing as it was covered in the sediment of the river. The sand and silt protected her bones from the open water and air, preventing its breaking down normally. It took at least 10,000 years for the particles of the bones to be replaced by minerals from surrounding rocks. When minerals completely replaced the organic tissue, what remained was a replica of Lucy's real bones, made completely out of rock. It was 1973 when Lucy's kneecap was uncovered by paleoanthropologist Don Johansson. He was perplexed and amazed to see such a human-looking little knee in that part of the geological strata. The next year, the rest of Lucy's remains were uncovered. Roughly 40% of her skeleton had been fossilized before being lovingly collected over three million years later. Today, she is kept in a secure safe at the National Museum of Ethiopia. Her country folk call her Dinkinesh, meaning you are wonderful. A single predatorial tooth mark can still be seen today on the long-dead Lucy's fossilized bones, probably from an old wound or left when a scavenger found her remains. Artists have worked with paleoanthropologists to recreate Lucy's skull, which adorns many museum exhibits around the entire world. In fact, Lucy's own fossilized skull is so valuable, it remains out of sight in the museum while its plaster copy sits on display for visitors. You see, Lucy truly is wonderful. She is quite special in that her existence in that particular time and place was proof that humans did not originally evolve in Europe and Asia, but in Africa. Lucy is the most important little person in the known history of humankind. The state of being a human 
she showed us, did not begin with the intensive use of specialized tools or with having a larger brain than other types of apes, but instead with the use of two feet for getting from place to place. Because Lucy's body was preserved so well, in death she was able to corroborate the silent story told by a cousin dug up in South Africa called the Tong Child. Unlike Lucy, the Tong Child's remains consisted only of a small skull, but the way that skull connected with the child's spine suggested that Tong had walked upright. The legs, hips, Spine and skull of Ethiopia's Lucy made the same case, only much more clearly. In fact, Lucy may have been better adapted to walking upright than a modern human, whose pelvis must accommodate bipedal locomotion and the ability to give birth to large-brained babies. Also, Lucy's arms were longer than a modern human's and the bones of her fingers were curved, Feature seen in tree-dwelling primates. How much she used her climbing abilities, or whether they were simply evolutionary leftovers from arboreal ancestors, is a matter of debate. Although her hip and knee joints were less specialized for an upright posture than our own, Lucy was clearly capable of walking bipedally, although running like a modern human was probably not in her skill set. Her funnel-shaped ribcage and broad pelvis indicate a rather large belly, like a modern ape, reflecting an adaptation to a relatively low-quality, high-bulk diet. The thick waist this gave her would have hindered her flexibility, and her high shoulders and the shape of her torso suggest it would have been difficult for her to swing her arms as we do when running. When Don Johansson and Tom Gray found Lucy's bones, they rejoiced at the completeness of her skeleton. She was the most intact pre-human hominid ever found at the time, and she possessed a curiously small brain, not much larger than that of a modern chimpanzee. Overjoyed at the implications of their discovery, Lucy's unearthers celebrated that night with the music of the Beatles. After an evening with Lucy in the sky with diamonds, on repeat, our little friend had her name. Further digging at the site of the ancient riverbed revealed other skulls that matched Lucy's in size. So... What of people's misguided assumption that humans' ancestors must have been bigger, stronger, and definitely smarter than other apes of their day? And what of the theory that true humans had their start at the site of the first discovery of Homo erectus in Java, Indonesia? On that, it seems Charles Darwin was correct in his out-of-Africa hypothesis, which assumed that the root of all humankind had been in Africa. Once our earliest ancestors had evolved there, cultural and environmental factors led them to migrate into Asia and Europe, where more complex societies eventually appeared. 
Lucy's people went extinct about two million years ago, after spreading throughout Africa. It was her nieces, nephews, and cousins who eventually populated the rest of the world, but though we should not call her mother, perhaps we should revere her as the aunt of humanity. Hers and other ancient pre-human bodies show significant evidence that our species, Homo sapiens sapiens, did indeed not only get their evolutionary start in Africa, but in East Africa, Lucy's home in particular. Thanks for listening. To support the podcast, or just to get yourself a new chapter of historical fiction every single night, just go to patreon.com forward slash history obscura and join Frank and Tito's nightly story club. Yes, that is Frank and Tito, the podcast mascot with scars over a million. Sign up and... Make sure he gets his treat money and he'll let me out of my cage every night to read you a story. <coughs> yes, yes, I've told them. If you prefer, you can do the same at buymeacoffee.com and search for History Obscura Podcast. Good night. Good night.